What is up, y'all? Welcome to Outside the Cage. We are here this week. We got some 300 speculation for you guys, as always, as we're going to have up until we get some some answers. Um, we have a fight night this weekend. Roman Dialidze versus Nastadini Imavov. As also the co-main event on that card is Money Moyakano versus Drew Dober. And we're going to get into some three fights we want to see in 2024. So we're going to get into a little bit of everything. How are we doing, brother? We doing good? Doing great, man. I'm feeling a lot better and a lot more energetic than I was last week when we when we hopped on here. I'm not going to lie. I love that you got the vintage outside the cage shirt on, throwing it back to our roots. Probably only a few real ones out there still with us that remember that logo, but I made that shit on, on Snapchat or something like that, and I thought it was hard. That was the second logo, huh? That was the one that, that Rob made for us. The first logo was that pink one that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. We had some shit. We, had to, we, we got it out the mud for real. We've been in the trenches. We got shirts with all of them. One day when we got a studio, I'm going to hang them nah, up on the wall. Got, the look at this. Remember, we couldn't area. even. Yeah. We used to not even uh, be able to, like, we used to do Zoom or whatever we used to do. Like, not, we used to just do audio. Now, look at this. We got our names on here. We got shit. We got overlays. We're live. If someone chats to us right now, we could respond. Anyway, UFC 300. So I've heard a lot of people saying there is no fight that anybody could predict that would warrant the hype that Dana White has built for this main event. He said it's going to blow our minds. It's going to drop our jaws. Everyone's usually pretty good at speculating what the fight's going to be, what the main event's going to be, narrowing it down to one or two, maybe three fights. But for this one, everybody's kind of clueless. And then Michael Chandler goes out there a couple days ago, releases a tweet, posts a picture of the UFC 300 card. And the main event, as you could see on here, it says TBD. Maybe you could see it, maybe you can't. And Chandler says TBD, dot, dot, dot. You know, kind of hinting at the fact that he might know a little more than everybody else. And then the notorious Conor McGregor responds with a tweet in his fashion about couple hours later says mcgregor on 300 seals the deal which it absolutely would and as these tweets all often do they got the whole mma community buzzing and wondering what they could be cooking up what's your opinion on this dimes are they speaking any truth or are they just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks you know you know my take on Connor's fight announcement on Connor's fight speculation. Um, I ne never believe it. I'm done believing it until it happens. Um, but like we've been saying, there's limited fights you can make that that's going to blow our mind. Now, do I believe that the fight that's going to happen if it's not Connor and um, Chandler, do I believe it's like a fight we're not even thinking about? Of course, hundred percent. But how many guys would do that for us? That, that that's I'm not I'm not talking about matchups. I'm not talking about who fights. I'm talking about people in general. How many people in general, no matter the combination, I, they they said it's going to surprise us. I don't care if it's Sean O'Malley versus John Jones. Like <laughs> there there's not enough people that can do this for us. Yeah, we can get an unexpected fight. We can put Peter Yan versus Hamzat Shemaev. Like, yes, we can. You you can blow our minds with that or some crazy shit like that. But like, 
when you talk about people that can headline 300, there's not few many out there left that are available. So this is where I kind of leaning towards Connor, Connor and Chandler being on 300. Um, I mean, he said it's going to jaw drop. Izzy and Drikus would be jaw dropping, but kind of everyone's talking about that. So I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not necessarily thinking like he's going to go some off the wall shit like, oh, just because everyone's talking about it, I'm not going to make it. I don't think it's that. But I think, I don't know. And I just think that you look at this, I think it, unless it's Conor McGregor, it has to be a title fight. Um, O'Malley's on O'Malley's on 99. Um, it's not going to be Volk. Volk's already booked. Um, it's not going to be Islam. It's not going to be Leon. It's not going to be, it could be Drikus or Izzy. It's not going to be Pereira. So like, what else could it be? I don't see what else it can be because there's not few many guys that can headline 300 that are left. The only guys that can headline 300 that are available is Conor McGregor and Adriel Adesanya. Yeah, that's what it's really come down to just by process of elimination. It's a weird spot that that we're in. And we were talking about it probably five months ago when all these banger cards were getting booked. All of the champs were getting booked up in months before UFC 300. We were saying, what's going to happen on UFC 300? So, yeah, like you said, dude, it's either going to be some shit totally out of left field or it's going to be Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. And I know you're not into the whole the whole movie scene and entertainment culture, but did you catch the Roadhouse trailer with Conor McGregor oh, yeah, in it? I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. Bro, I'm catching the I'm thinking of driving up to Bakersfield for that movie pregaming it, going to SMG, having them service some food, getting some some booze and shit. That would be a fun time. It'd almost be like a McGregor pay-per-view, but for 10 bucks instead of 80. Yeah. I just think when you look at it, like, again, he can say it's going to be jaw dropping and out of this world, which I, I a hundred percent believe it is, but how many people can do it? Like Hamza and Usman out of nowhere was, was the jaw dropping. Um, Islam and Volk out of nowhere was jaw dropping. That's fine. Those, those were great fights. How many of those guys are available? None. Maybe Hamzat, but yeah. It's I weird... just don't see Hamzat headlining 300 either. Yeah, especially with Ramadan. A lot of those guys aren't fighting at this time of year anyway, which is weird. But it is the way it is. Is there anybody that's retired? I heard I heard Chael talking about it. He was saying maybe like not – I mean, Khabib would make the most sense, but knowing what we know, he's not coming back. GSP's agreed to grappling matches, which makes you think he's already taken that step. There's no way he's going all the way to MMA. I don't really know anybody else that would be that exciting. Imagine if it was Francis versus Tom Aspinall or just some cra- – that would do it for me. Yeah, but I, I mean, I know there's no way that Francis would come back, but a Francis versus Tom Aspinall or just some out of left field behind the scenes crazy shit like that. Yeah, I How just job done. I don't know. I was thinking like 
maybe a Connor and Nate Diaz. You saw Nate's tweet posting something about it, but I just don't know if the UFC wants to give a guy the UFC 300 headline when he's only going to do that and then not really fight after that. They probably want it to be a guy that they can build off of. No, I don't think you do it off a guy you can build off. I think you just do it off a one-time thing. Cause if you do it for, cause you're you're, cause like you're fine with with Connor being the the, the headliner, right? You never know when yeah. Connor's gonna fight again. That's true. But if Connor wins, he's catapulted into the title shot immediately. Yeah, but he's not gonna fight for a. He'll never be active. He'll fight again in a year, two and a half, a year and a half, two years. He's not. I think he's not gonna put, win and fight again in six months. He's just not. If you if you put Islam Makachev across from Conor McGregor, I think that fires him up, and I think he gets right back in the mix. I just think it has to be Conor and Chandler. And I, but other than that, I think it has to be a title fight. And then you look at the options, what are there for a title fight? Bro, let's say it is Conor Chandler, and Conor beats Chandler. Does he does he skip the winner of Gaethje Holloway, the winner of Saryuki and Oliveira? He just skips his way right to the front and fights Islam in the fall for the title. In Abu Dhabi. Connor's always one win away from the title fight. There's no way they do that fight in Abu Dhabi. I mean, it would kind of make sense because Connor likes it. It's Islam's home turf. But when it's that big, it has to be in our country. It has to be in the States, preferably Las Vegas, Nevada. We're doing that one at Allegiant Stadium. That would be nuts. I just don't. I'm not totally with the stadium thing yet because it was tough for us to see when we were at the top of T-Mobile. And in Allegiant, it's going to be triple that. I know the screens are also triple the size, but I don't know. Those those stadiums are meant for watching games that are on a 100-yard football field or a big soccer field or maybe a basketball game. They do boxing know. at like – they did boxing at like AT&T Stadium though. That, yeah, and they've done like Pride um, in Asia. They've done fights in huge stadiums, and the UFC's done it occasionally before. I think they did it in Canada maybe back in the day. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, it would be sweet for the aesthetics. We'd be watching on TV, so I guess it wouldn't really matter for us anyway. Yeah. I just think that, again, we're running out of options. And again, I think this is like 100%. Like, there's something we're not thinking of that it's going to be. Um, out of left field, I get it, but like something that would be out of left field, it has still has to make some sense. With, it still has to be with someone who's a draw and someone who's box office and someone who's headline 300 material. And I don't we, think there's very many of those out there. We've thought of everybody, it feels like. I don't know how they could get us in the whole MMA community. I, I've been watching videos been watching our competition i haven't seen too many different takes out there on what it could be besides what like all everyone has the same grounds covered and everyone kind of agrees that dana makes it seem like we're all wrong i i'm just dead set on it's got to be either connor and um chandler or izzy and drikas yeah izzy and drikas will not have the same hype connor as chandler would do you think if they do Izzy Drikas, they throw Leon Bilal on there as a co-main? Uh, I don't know. 
I mean, I guess you could you could do that either way because Connor and Chandler aren't going to take title pay per view points. But I it's guess weird Connor when they see it, it. It wouldn't be so complicated if they didn't throw the women's title fight on there. Yeah, because that takes pay per view points off the table. Well, and it just history shows us, and again, three hundred could be vastly different, but like history shows us that it, there has to be another title fight on there to to headline it. You're not going to do a, historically, you're not going to do like a Connor and Chandler and then a woman's title fight underneath it, historically. Yeah, but if it's Connor and Chandler, I think that trumps everything. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I don't know. I think right now on the official page, they have Holloway Gaethje listed above the girl title fight. They're listing it as the BMF belt. Yeah, I saw that. It above. I don't mind it one bit. Better be a five-rounder, though. I need my guy Max having five rounds out there to do his thing. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into the fights that we do know of. Um, this it. weekend, we have Roman Dialidze versus Nasruddin Imovov in a middleweight bout in a fight night. Roman Dialidze plus 140, Imovov minus 170. There's the teletape there. Um, interesting matchup here. I was really big on Dialidze. Really big on him coming off his um his win he had versus Hermanson. Um, I was really big on that. And then he just and then he um had a couple canceled bouts, um, then lost a decision to Marvin Vittori. Um, but still he's won four of his last five. He's finished three he's finished three of his last four wins, two in the first round, knocked out Philip Haas, knocked out Kyle Dawkins, knocked out Jack Hermanson. So yeah, I I don't know. Imovov is just younger, sharper, more technical. I kind of like Imovov here in this. What say you? I also like Imovov here. I've I've seen a lot of kind of what you laid out. Dalidze has the grappling advantage. He has probably the cardio advantage, but he's kind of one-dimensional in what he does. He throws a great overhand, and he takes people down, and he dominates them on the ground. Whereas Imovov... He's a dynamic striker. He's electric on the feet, but he's shown that he doesn't have very good cardio. Once the going gets tough, he hasn't been able to get going. So this, mm, I also like Imovov here, though. He's a minus 160 favorite. I like him inside the distance. Those odds aren't out yet, but I believe that they'd probably be in the plus 100s range because I don't think he has the cardio to beat Delize in a five-round bout, but I think he does go balls to the wall out there. I think he tries to put on a show. He looked really good in his last fight against Chris Curtis. He kind of got screwed. I think it was a headbutt where it turned into a no contest, but he was messing Chris Curtis up pretty good up until that point. So I'm going to go with Imovov. I think he's just a lot sharper on the feet. I think he has yeah. the advantage, but... If Dalidze gets it to the ground, if it goes into the later rounds, Imovov's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just excited uh, this card for the co-main. Renato Money Moyakano versus Drew Dober, a big lightweight mm. matchup here. Money Moyakano coming as the minus 155 favorite, Drew Dober plus 130. Um, kind of again, look at the teletape here if you're watching, if you're watching live. Um, similar, similar, um, similar in age. 
I just, I, I like, I like Moe in this. I think he's been better. I think he has better competition. I think he has tougher fights. So I'm going to rock with the guy who's kind of been in a little more adversity than Drew Dober. Yeah, man, I, I like Moe here as well. It's really tough because Drew Dober, when it's a firefight, that dude usually comes out on top. He has the craziest chin. He's eaten a lot of shots. But with that being said, that chin's got to go at some point. It's been deteriorating a little by little lately. And he has some Waikano hasn't fought since his iconic interview in Madison Square Garden after he finished Brad Riddell had the interview that really put him on the on the map for the mainstream for the casual fans. And Drew Dober's fought three times since then. So he's been a lot more active. He's taken a lot more damage. Some people think it's an advantage. I kind of think that it helps Moicano at this point in their careers. They're 34 and 35 years old. They both have plenty of experience. They know what they're doing in there. So I think Moicano might be a little fresher, a little sharper. I think he has the grappling advantage. And I also like Moicano to get this one done. I don't really see either of these guys wanting to go the distance. So maybe an under two and a half round bet. Once these props are out, we will definitely be getting them up for y'all. I like it. Good, you good, have any, good uh, main event coming there. Dude, really good. I'm I'm extremely tuned into those. We also got our guy Charles Johnson getting back in the mix. He hasn't been as active lately as he once was, but hopefully he can get right back on the right track here. I misspoke a little bit, but we all good um let's see randy brown coming back hopefully he gets a dub against muslim salikov that's gonna be a tough one meatball molly might be fading her um temba garimbo the guy that the rock bought a house let's see if he can get the job done maybe start paying for his own house that's not a knock on him but say maybe he gets 50k in the bank after this one who knows yeah never know never know um we are officially almost through the month of January in 2024. So we wanted to go ahead here before, before it get too far into the year. We wanted to name some look-aheads. We wanted to name our top three fights going into 2024 that we want to see. Um, I think I have a pretty good list here. Um, we'll just go back and forth. Here you can start it off for us. All right, all right. I'll start it off with one that's probably not on your list. This one's a little bit out there. You know we're big Shoga fans. He's going to beat Cheeto. He's going to beat the winner of Marab Cejudo or whoever they throw at him next. And the fight that I have on my list that I want to see by the end of 2024 is Sugar Sean versus Corey Sanhagen. Mm. I think that's the most exciting fight in this bantamweight division right now. If you were to just watch it and not know a thing about MMA, even if you do, I think it still is. Sanhagen may not be the biggest personality, but that doesn't matter because he's an exciting-ass fighter. They're the two tallest elite fighters in the bantamweight division. And if this fight were to happen, it would mean that Sugar would have to win his next fight, possibly his next two. So Sugar versus Corey is the fight that I want to see, possibly in September, October, and I think we could be there. I like it. I like it. I am going to go with... Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira for the light heavyweight title. Um, Jamal Hill gets immediate title shot when he comes back. 
Pereira obviously has the strap right now. Um, I just think this is the matchup. This the storylines. Um, Pereira getting to revenge his coach Glover Teixeira. Um, two very similar styles: stand and bang kickboxers, elite strikers, elite technicians. I think kind of a poor man's Izzy is Jamal Hill at that division, but again, a little bigger. Um, yeah. Had the light heavyweight title, so I think it's this is a beautiful matchup. It just it does everything. It does everything. It has the storylines, has the fight characteristics, everything. So that's one that I want to see him be super excited to that. You know, I love the kickboxers who stand and, and strike. So that's my that's my one that I want to see this year. Fuck yeah, that was on my list as well. I that really like ties a bow on the light heavyweight division since John yeah. Jones left it. This will kind of right the ship. I feel like it'll be back. Most exciting one since John Jones has left. Hmm. It's got to be the most exciting fight in light heavyweight division. Hundred percent, because Jamal kind of became the defender. Didn't kind of. He did become the definitive undisputed champ, and then he got hurt. Then Pereira did the same thing. Just won that shit straight up. Beat two elite guys. Now these two guys face off. We get to see who the king of the light heavyweight division is. Hopefully we get some young bucks in there that start coming up. Maybe a few Bama linebackers make the switch from football over to the UFC once they see the once they see these paychecks, see dope ass podcasts like us talking about them and shit. And I'm gonna have to think of one on the fly. Not this one, but the one after this because Poetan versus Jamal was on my list as well. You can, share, go. You can, share. You can just go again. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot into the future here. I'm going to do the same thing, anticipate some victories. I've got Islam Makachev going up to become the double champ versus Leon Edwards. Mm. I believe Islam defends his belt, whether it's against McGregor, Saryukian, Oliveira, Gaethje, Holloway. I think he beats any of them. And I think Leon beats Bilal in his next fight. Then I believe that Islam versus Leon's the fight to make. I think at that point, Islam will have earned it with two victories over... One of I, he's still got to be one of the goats. We can't move him down too far over one of the goats, Volkanovsky. Two victories over him, and then if he went out and beats another elite lightweight, why not give him the shot versus Leon? It's a really exciting fight as well. So that was the other one on my list. Okay. My next fight that I want to see, and I do think at some point it happens. Who knows? Um, but I want it in 2024, and I want it now. I want Israel Adesanya versus Drikas Duplessis. Um, I just think that's the fight that everybody wants to see. Is he coming back for the middleweight title? See if he can make a run and run this division again. With with, I think I don't know. I just feel like that he had a slip up, slow night. How does he come back from it? He's big on mental toughness, big on. I just think that. And I don't think I think if he's not ready, I think you run back Drikas and Sean Strickland again, and they go again, close fight. They fight again. They, that that one deserves a rematch, I would say. Um, then Izzy gets the winner of that. So I think I want to see Izzy versus either Drikas or Sean Strickland, one of those two. But that's the one that I want to see. I want to see Izzy come back. We're it was supposed to be Izzy and Drikas all along. It was supposed to be that. So Battle let's get for that. Africa. We've got to see who the real African is. Yeah, we need to get that fight on and let's get it. So that's the one that I want to see. Let me throw another one out there with you guy, Izzy. 
this was kind of my um my fallback because I had a feeling that we might both have Pereira and Jamal on the list because that one's pretty obvious. Um, Adesanya versus Strickland. This is another anticipation one for me. Let's say Izzy and Drikas do main event 300. Izzy beats Drikas. Hamzat goes out, gets a win over Strickland. Everyone wants to see Hamzat against a guy with elite takedown defense that's a true middleweight, and that is Israel Adesanya. And that would have the best buildup. Adesanya's been the king for the last half decade. Hamzat's the guy that everyone thinks is going to be the king for the next half decade. So let's get him in the octagon while well, he still has, well, he's still in his prime or somewhat in his prime. And Hamzat's um, still ready to rock. Uh, I like anything Israel Adesanya signed me up for. So, you know, I'm down for that. Come on. Um, my third fight is. John Jones versus Tom Aspinall. Mm. I wanted to go Stipe, but I just couldn't. Um, we said it last year. We can't say yeah. that shit two years in a row and just keep. Yeah, I think we yeah. missed that one. Um, I think John Jones versus Stipe. I think John Jones versus. Um, fuck, mine went blank. Tom Aspinall um, is the one. I think he's a. I think in this point in time, in this era i think we would say that's a more exciting matchup and a more difficult matchup for john that's what he wanted to face he he didn't wanted to he didn't want to face stipe for stipe he wanted to face what stipe was and what stipe represented and that's the heavyweight goat and he is the heavyweight goat but not at this not at this time he's not the best heavyweight in the world right now um that's tom aspinall so i think fighting getting over this challenge is another obstacle for john i think after he wins this one after he fights that one then then we can see where he's at as far as Obviously, he's the greatest of all time, but cement his place in heavyweight history. So that's my third one that I want to see. Uh, that would be a dream come true. I was going to say that, but I just I don't know if John will take it. Based off what he's been saying lately about how he wanted to fight Stipe for the legacy, but Aspinall doesn't have that legacy, so he's not worth it. Do you think Isn't Aspinall it crazy, though? Beat? Like All that, and we're going to see... All the buildup, all the transforming his diet, transforming his body, and we're gonna see him for three minutes of a round, three minutes total of headweight ever. Facts. That's facts. Why wouldn't he want to do more? And if he's so confident in his abilities. Yeah. Some true shit. I really hope we get to see John one more. If he really just goes off into the sunset because he didn't get to fight Steep A and he would have to fight a young heavyweight. It wouldn't knock him on the go list, but it would it would leave a little salt in everyone's mouth, a little salty taste in everyone's mouth as he left. Yeah. All right, you ready to you ready to revive what the fuck of the week? Yeah, go ahead. You got it, brother. So I had a little epiphany. I was thinking we need we need another segment on here where we just shoot the shit. So this isn't MMA related. If y'all are coming here for our cold hard analysis. Thank you, but this isn't that. Um, we're just going to talk about the craziest, or not even the craziest, just like the funniest thing that happened to us over the week that made us just go like, what the fuck? So we're coming back with it. WTF of the week. You want me to start it off? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so mine, this one, it's it's on myself, honestly. It's more like, just like, what the fuck, Eric? What are you doing? Um, so I, it was Friday night. 
after work, went out to the bar with some friends. We were playing some pool, you know, there's there's some chicks that we started playing with. I was chopping it up with. I was feeling pretty good with one of them. I was I was here. Same way to put it. I was all the way here. And my friends were leaving. They were like, hey, we're going. We're calling you. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and then sit all the way till closing time. Ended up like getting the digits and shit. But I was banking everything on the fact that I'd be going home with her that night. Right, exactly, exactly. And that just didn't happen. It just, <laughs> the cars didn't fall into place. It's rare, so, bro. It's rare. We get outside the bar 2 a.m. California bullshit. That's closing time. I wish we could be out. I wish we could be out till the sunrise like Miami, but we can't. So we get outside. And of course, it's the one night that it's pouring rain. And you get outside and I say, you know what? I don't deserve an Uber home. It, it probably would have been an $8 Uber home, but I said, I don't deserve this shit because I'm like drunk. I said, I didn't execute, so I got to walk home. So I just ended up walking my happy ass two and a half miles home in the rain. Just, just you do love a good walk. You execute. love a good walk. It was solid. I, I had my AirPods in my pocket, so I was just playing music, and it wasn't bad. But Whenever you're I, drunk, you do love, you do love to walk a lot. Bro, I remember in San Diego and I just disappeared the whole night. Well, yeah, yeah, you like to walk. I got pushed at the door. I got tripped. <laughs> bad call by the bouncer. <laughs> really, just a bad whistle. <laughs> All right, so mine, mine's actually pretty funny. So, um. One of my friends, I'm gonna not disclose names for professional names for career purposes. Um, but me and three other friends were in a friend group, whatever. Um, so one of our friends, his mom, um, rest in peace, passed away. This is like three months ago, she passed away. So, like last week or two weeks ago, she they had a celebration of life for her at a restaurant here in town. Um, so he texts us like, hey, um, come to the celebration of life. We have food, open bar, like whatever. He's like, I'm going to be drunk. And he does, he's not a big drinker, but he's like, I'm going to be drunk that day. Like for his mom, like you get it, whatever. So <laughs> the other three of us had an arrangement together that we had to attend to. So you can like read between the lines of kind of who it is and what we had to do. But um, so we're on the way back home into town to go to the celebration of life. He's texting us like, bro, just come, just get here, just get here. Like, yeah, like we're on the way. So we get there and he's, he's lit, he's drunk. So immediately we're like catching up. We're just like, we're drinking Mai Tais. All we were drinking was Mai Tais. So we're drinking Mai Tais. He's like, bro, I've drank five. So I immediately, boom, one, boom, two. So we're, um, we're going, right? So we're in a room so like imagine like a room there's closed doors there's another room there's closed doors and then it then there's the bar so to get to the bar we had to walk through a room like another like another party room like full of people with the dj yeah. and shit okay. yeah 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 it was but they, they were just like it was like kind of like a it looked like a gathering like a meeting it wasn't like it wasn't like a full-on like party. It was just like a like yeah a, celebration. Kind of, how, kind of like how at the pizza places they have like those rooms, literally just like that. I got you. Um, so, me and the friend whose mom died, we go to the bar to get a drink. 
as we're walking through the other room to get to our room, um, one of the dudes is like, hey, can you guys close the door? So, but he said it like rude. So like, if you ask me nicely, like, hey, can you guys just close the door? Like, I'll close the door for you. But if you say it rudely, I'm going to be petty. So now every time I walk through there, I'm not closing the door. So, so that happens, right? So we go in like two, three more times. We don't close the door, right? And then, so we're like, we're in our room. One of our other friends comes through and closes the door. And I was like, bro, stop closing the door. Like, don't fucking close the door. Because they you know me. I'm just being petty, right? Yeah. Being petty. So you're on your shit. Yeah. So finally, um, I walk through by myself and I don't close the door. And they're like looking at me and I'm like, whatever. So one of our one of our friends finally, we're at this point, we're like seven Mai Tais in. We're we're lit. Um and come to find out, well, I knew it. They were doing an AYSO soccer like meeting. So it was like literally a bunch of dudes <laughs> talking about little kid soccer. So <laughs> so one of our so we're like so at this point the celebration of life's over. So it's just like four of us the four of us and a couple of more family members but it's like everyone who's like, but it's like everyone who's just drunk yeah so we start like getting on the ox and we're just like blasting music like singing karaoke whatever <laughs> so we so one of our other friends is like i'm about to be, i'm about to go get a drink so he goes and gets a drink and all i remember is he's coming back and i see him like backpedaling like whoa like what what are y'all trying to do then what are you trying to do what are you trying to do so i run in there I'm like, bro, like, what happened? What happened? He's like, nah, fuck that. He's all, fuck that. I ain't gonna close a fucking door. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I'm like, so I'm like, bro, what happened? He's like, he's like, I walked by. He was staring at me. I said, you got something to say? And he said, yeah, can you guys close the door? He said, I'm not a fucking door monitor. If you want to close the door, you can close the fucking door. So I'm like, so, so I run in there and they're like holding the door. They're like holding the door. And the dude's like, and the dude's like, uh, you can't come in. You can't come in. I'm all like, I'm like, bro, I gotta go to the bathroom. And he's like, He's like, no. He's like, you guys got to go around. I said, bro, I'm not fucking going around. He said, he's like, use a different door. I said, bro, we're using this door. I'm going to the bathroom. So we bust in there. Everyone's looking at us crazy because it's like a soccer draft, right? So the dude's like holding the door, bro. Literally like holding the door. I'm like, bro, we're going through the door. Like, relax. So so we bust through, like all four of us. And we're just like looking around, like scoping the scene. Like scoping the scene. Like, what, like, what are they trying to do? So then uh, so then we get, we finally get to the bar. We go back. And I'm, I'm at the bar and two of our other friends, like we're going back towards the room, but I'm like suit, like when shit pops off, bro, I'm like super like aware of like my surroundings. Like, so like when the, when the bouncer was like trying to kick you out, I was like super aware. So like, uh, so like I see him like walk by our friend walk by and I see him walk by the guy and he like stops and he turns back around. I'm like, fuck. He's like, and he's like, nah, bro. You're, he's like, you're a weirdo. He's like, matter of fact, you're a weirdo. And then he's like, so then I, I was like, bro, come on, we're good. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So then we walk out, we walk out. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, man, y'all a bunch of fucking weirdos in here drafting little girls. So, so then, so then, yeah. So then they were like, get us out of here. So then, yeah. So then the owners came. Yeah, it was all a mess. It was all a mess. <laughs> basically, we got into a fight at a funeral. Hey, man. That's, that's what it'd be like that sometimes, you know? Your friend wanted to get lit for for his mom, and that's what y'all did. Yeah, facts. Good story. He wasn't mad at it, so good story. Was it like Tony's or something like that? Or 
No, it was a uh, Billy's Chinese place. Oh. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. That's comedy. All right, then. Look at us. 37 minutes. That's a long ass episode. You got anything else before we get out of here? I don't. Don't fight at no funerals. That's good advice. Hopefully next week we have some uh, RWTFs of the week or about things we saw, like other people doing dumb shit and not us. Yeah, facts. Right. Hey, we had to start it off good. Facts. All right. Till next week, y'all. Deuces.